are self-luminous. In the same way that the sun is self-luminous, that it's its own source of light, so are you. You are your own source of light. I understand and I honor that your heart has lightly been broken a number of times, that your heart might be aching right now, and that it is hard to come to terms with the truth of your own light under the conditions of your lived experience and as we witness the suffering that is unfolding throughout the earth in our own name in these times. And yet, I stand by what I'm saying. In this episode of the podcast, I have a conversation with Tuesday Rivera, the love of my life. And the first 10 minutes of the podcast are really focused on a new offering that Tuesday is making. It's called the Luminosity Intensive. If you know that you're not interested in the Luminosity Intensive, if you're catching up on podcast episodes, you can skip the 10 minutes. But I definitely encourage you to stay with us for the next 50, where we talk about why this idea of luminosity, this idea that we are our own source of light, why that merits an intensive. Because from where we stand and from where Tuesday stands, it's it's the most important uh, discovery that a human being can make in a lifetime. That the source of truth and light, that the source of divinity is within us. Give it a listen. Thank you for the gift of your attention. I am always grateful for it. And I love, love hearing back from you. Tuesday, love of my life. How are you today? I am very well, beloved. Happy to be on with you. Yes, I uh, was thinking that this is the first thing we record and definitely the first podcast we record together since we got married. Yes, that's right. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That happened. And we, it was just amazing. And we actually um, were recording on Valentine's Day. Isn't that cool? That is nice. Yeah. I thought about that earlier today. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really happy to be with you here. It is delightful to be with you. And I want to say a word to the listeners about today's episode, which is, it is about luminosity. It is about your spiritual path. It is about the transformation, courageous transformation that I've seen you uh, move through uh, and that I think more people should hear about. Mm. And it is also, at least for now, for people that get this in the next couple of weeks, it's an invitation for a select small group of people, women right. specifically, mm-hmm. uh, to join a program uh, that is called Luminosity. So why don't we start by speaking directly about the program, and then we can uh, 
we can kind of dive more deeply into what, how you got here. Great. Perfect. Well, the Luminosity Intensive is a program. It's a 12-week online program for women who are seekers, who are, who are aware that there is a light inside them that they want to shine even brighter and know that or are willing to go for the idea that when they shine their light, it will light up the world. So it is a program for women to have a personal journey. It's an initiation and do it in the company of other women who are right alongside, right alongside them, engaging in the practices and processes and the depth that we're going to go to together over 12 weeks so that on the other side, you both know your light better and have some ways to be shining it in the world, right? Some ways to express that light that perhaps you didn't have before, or you did have before, but now it's a little bit brighter. That is beautiful. And it's been, uh, yeah, it's just been one of the, a remarkable privilege to have what I call front row seats. <laughs> Seeing this go from lived experience in your body all the way to this offering. That, that you're now off that night, you're now making to the world. Before I, I start asking you about the journey here, mm -hmm. can you tell us a couple of more words about the structure of the program? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to meet three consecutive weeks starting March 20th on Wednesday evenings, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll meet three consecutive weeks for the first module. And then we'll have a week of integration. And that is ostensibly a week off, right? But it's an active week off. It is a week where folks are, the people in the program are focusing on what did I learn? How do I make meaning of it? How do I pause and rest and let what we just did over that first module? And the first module is knowing our light. It's a communion with the divine feminine. And so we'll have three weeks of diving into that deeply together. And then we'll have a week off. Then we'll have the second module, which is around reclaiming the dark, right? And finding our wholeness. This isn't, this isn't light in the way of, uh, uh, only goodness, you know, only happiness, right? right? We're going to dive into the dark. That is part of the journey of knowing who we are fully and claiming that wholeness. And so that will be the second module. Again, three weeks, Wednesday nights, two hours, right? Um, and then the third, and then we'll have a week off, another integration week where we like make sense of that and have a pause. And then we'll go into the third module, which is becoming luminous, stepping into our full expression. And of course, we never get there, right? Like th this is the work of a lifetime to be fully expressed. But we will do three weeks again of really learning about how and what that looks like, doing practices together on our calls. And then there'll be homework in between, I would say between 45 minutes to 75 minutes a week. Like you're going to have to do some homework in between. Um, and then we'll be in conversation as a group in between. We'll have a private um, uh, community space for us to be in conversation about what we're learning, what we're discovering. And in some ways that becomes really, it's been really, really rich in the past um, offerings I've had. That communal space where we can connect in between the classes has been really, really rich and beautiful. That sounds, that sounds really, really exciting. As you know, I'm, I'm also a fan of bringing people together 
and I've been experimenting <laughs> with, different, <laughs> with different formats over the years, mm-hmm. right? Uh, very different formats. I don't, I don't think I've ever done something like this. Uh, mm-hmm. Three months intensive of this sort, and I can really, really, really see the value of it. Uh, one more question on the specifics, because I know that there is this this option for people to participate in what I think you're calling uh, Luminosity Plus uh, or something to that effect. Yes. Uh, uh, can you tell us about that that option? Absolutely. So what I just described is a luminosity program that will be available to everyone. Included in that program is a one, is one one-to-one session with me where we can set intention, do a bit of coaching to kind of get you oriented to the program. Um, but but some folks want more and would like a little more. Uh, I say if you want to go a little bit deeper, have a little bit more time with me, what I'm offering is this luminosity intensive plus, which I just have five spots available for that. And then that will include three more one-to-one sessions with me. And those will be intuitive coaching sessions. And so they will look different for every person. But we will be doing things like diving more deeply into your experience of the divine. We will be doing things like leaning in even more to intuitive practices um, around what is happening for you and what is next for you. So if folks want a little more support and a little more depth, although the, the foundation program is going to go plenty deep. But for folks who are maybe who know me or want to go a little bit deeper, we have the we have the plus option for a few slots. That's awesome. That's awesome. I just want to say about that, um, that I, I have the blessing, the privilege, the grace of being married to you. And so in that way, I, I have access to your smart advice all the time. And uh, it's almost always different and unexpected than mm-hmm. the way I'm thinking about a situation, which I think is an incredible strength that you bring. But I also want to say that this intuitive guiding, coaching work that you do feels different for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something about it in which you are literally drawing on on other forces. There's something about entering into that space with you. So so we have our day-to-day life working through whatever we are each working through. And then periodically, and I think with increasing frequency, I say, hey, I actually need a session. Mm-hmm. And in that session, you open up uh, to, to just other guiding forces. And I know that when I'm sitting with you in that, I'm not, I'm not only getting the wisdom that, that comes from you, but it's a deeper wisdom. And I'm also getting, uh, it's like a, there's, there's a, I call it like a, it's like something washing over mm-hmm. my energy, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a way in which I feel after which is mm. similar to how I feel after I go on a powerful medicine journey, for example, like this sense of something good and right just mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to lift that up for people that are that are thinking about this. Well, I really appreciate your saying that for a couple of reasons. One is that this isn't like just going into coaching with me. So I have coaching slots and um, this is a different experience. It's um, it's actually, we will sit together 
and move into a, a deeper, different space of consciousness. We'll move into a different realm if you'd like to say it in that way. And so what comes through is through me, but not necessarily of me. And I will give that to folks and I will share that with folks. And it is a, um, a consciousness that is quite healing, that people mm -hmm. tend to feel good afterwards, right? Like it actually feels good in your body. It's like, you know what? People say like, oh, it's a different vibration. Like that is actually the case. We're actually moving into a different vibration, one that is healing, that is good, that brings a wisdom that we don't necessarily um, enter without being specific right. and intentional about entering it. And so that is the kind of space that I'll be offering to these five folks specifically that will sit down. We will commune with, you know, some unseen forces, although that sounds wild. And can I just say that that like to say those words out loud, even hearing myself, I think, well, that just sounds kind of weird and wild. And you know what it is. And it's true. And it's available to folks. And um, after kind of years of devotion, I think that I can make it available to folks. And so I wanted to offer it. And I wanted to offer it for the folks who are willing. I am absolutely delighted to know that you are finding ways to bring this out to the world. And I'm right there with you on uh, how some of this language can sound. And the unquestionable fact that it will put some people off, right? But it's like we're coming out, right? This is this is what orients our lives. This is a source of happiness and well-being. It's a source of strength when things get hard. Um, it's the most. These are the most important transformational forces in each of our lives. However, they manifest differently, right? But. But it, it does feel strange. What what is started what's starting to feel strange now is putting them away somewhere, compartmentalizing them away from our work in the world. It doesn't make sense because this is always with us. It's 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 it's, it's how we are, who we are, and who we're becoming. I think that's right, and I feel like one of the challenges in front of me and in front of us is to figure out a way to articulate this so that it can be received. Because I, I know people have experiences they can't explain. They have intuitions. They have communions. They have experiences that are outside of the realm of what most people kind of know. And they don't know, they don't know where to put them. They don't know how to make sense of them. They don't have anyone to accompany them. Um, so, so I think part of what we're doing is saying like, actually these happen all the time. We can access them directly. There are practices and processes to gain a deeper wisdom and a deeper knowing and commune with unseen forces, right? And, and it's not that far away. So for me, part of like what's next for me is what is the vocabulary? What is the way I talk about this? And it may be a, a way of articulation that just works. Or, and what I'm finding is that it's like a way of articulation with a person in front of me. This is a person who might have a deep love of nature. And so we'll talk about signs they've seen in nature or messages they get from trees. Or it might be someone who has a deep ancestral process. And so we can talk about hearing, praying and hearing from their ancestors. I'm not interested in making it happen one way for every person. What I'm interested in is those of us who know 
that the world we want is bigger and deeper and weirder and stranger and more beautiful than what we give credit to as we walk through the world is actually available and engaging with us all the time. And we have to find a way to engage with it. Ashe, Ashe, I cannot agree with you more. It's, uh, it is, I understand that entire, let's use the word civilization, quote unquote, an entire civilization, quote unquote, has been built on a materialist worldview, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the, the, the civilizational structure that it, it is r- rapidly leading us down a path of, of self-destruction, right? And so to not even, to not, to not reclaim some of this ancestral wisdom feels irresponsible. I do feel like, like, I also want to say that in talking about this, I love how you talked about these experiences that so many if not of us, if not all of us, have that we don't have words for. And on the other side of that is we live in the age of um, of Instagram shamans, right? We live <laughs> right. in the age of somebody takes three ayahuasca journeys and now they feel like they're ready to guide people, right? Mm-hmm. We live in this age of people just, 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 but if we're going to speak it with more compassion, just wanting, right, to be more significant mm-hmm. within a social and cultural structure that that is depriving us, so many of us, of meaning and of belonging, right? And so, so there's also a lot of really ungrounded talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I feel like part of what, what we are bringing is uh, it's a rigor, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and decades of devotion and commitment mm-hmm. and even a generational perspective yeah. uh, to, to what it means to at least stand in proximity to lineages, right? Yeah. And to teachers, uh, not just kind of self-declare <laughs> But yeah. right, it, yeah, there's something yeah. about that that I think that I think matters, and both of us come from like really having our hands, getting our hands dirty, trying to make the world a better place. Right, right. Working with organizations, working with leaders, working with people. So there's a groundedness, I think, that uh, that I that I want to put a stake in the ground for. Um, as we talk about this work. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm smiling because I've said to you forever, well, I'm not one of those podcast girls. Like that's become like our shorthand uh, for Gibran and I to talk about. Like I, I go and I listen to these podcasts and people are having all these mystical experiences and then they just change their life. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't happen to me. That's not like my experience. I mean, except that it is, but I don't I think I've I've it's taken a lot of prompting from you for me to say some of this out loud. I tend to be a very private person, right? So I have um I have a habit of privacy. So I'll have these experiences and I just share them and it, at some point several years ago, uh you began to poke me and prod me around like there's something there's a gift in here for you to give. Um and so I've just been slow. 
at, at trying to determine what is mine to give? What can I actually stand behind? What is not my aspiration for who I'm going to be in the world and selling that or, you know, or, 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 or projecting that as what is right now, but like what is actually happening for me right now? So this intensive is very much a reflection of my own journey and my own process. It's not, I'm not asking people to go anywhere I haven't gone or to move into depths I haven't moved in and that I don't know um, really intimately. And, 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 and as you said, um, after, you know, years of devotion, which doesn't make me, um, what it means is I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on a path. And so like, if you want to be on the path with me, fantastic. I got some things to say and some things to share that I think are quite useful. Um, and I think I spent a lot of time kind of being a little cringy about it and a little like, oh, who am I to buy? Just like a little like cringy about it. And now through my own work, right? Not because I wanted to, but through my own work, I'm like, holy moly, I got a party to throw and I hope people come. Like, right. that's what I want to do. Like, if you want in, let's do this. Right. That's it. It's a, it. It really is as simple. It really is as simple as that, right? This, this work that that we're both doing, mm-hmm. is for the people that it's for, and it's right. not for the people that it's not for. That's and right. it's as it is as simple as that. And that's just something to, to keep trusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you. I want to. I want to share some thoughts, but I want to ask Great. you, an, a question, or two. Maybe to get you thinking, um, can you remind me when when did we launch the first fellowship of Bali, the Business Alliance for Local Living Economies? I think it was in. Mm, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Was it? Two thousand and seventeen, I believe it was two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna call it that. Okay. Um, regardless of well, because we know that we intersect the path at least once before. Yeah, and you don't remember me. That's right. Yeah, and you're faking like you remember me because you don't remember <laughs> me. Uh, but that's that's when we met. So I just wanted let's call it 2017, mm-hmm. and it took a while, right, for us to 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 turn towards each other romantically, mm-hmm. but. But we started to get to know each other, and uh, and I've just seen both your life and mine being turned inside out in that number of years, right? So if it's it's about seven years we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. right. So probably, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more. Which is uh, the the kind of cycle, right? That that um that that makes for big changes in people's life. Yeah, it is more than that. Sorry for my math. Um, so I would love for our listeners to learn some mm-hmm. about how you got here. And I'm not pretending that your path began when we met. I'm just that's just my point of reference, right? Right. Um, I know I know that you've had to overcome in 
possible experiences, devastating experiences um, from your childhood to, to become this light that you are today. Mm. Well, I just let, love, to, love to get a little bit more of your story. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, feel free to direct me because you know my story. So if there are things that I'm missing that you think would be helpful to hear, I would love to, I, I'm happy to share. Um, but again, I have a habit of privacy, so don't always think of them. The place I want to start is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I think I think I was like three or four, and I was sitting on my back porch, and I remember this clear as day. I was sitting on like the back patio. We lived in the I don't even know do they call them the projects anymore. We lived in public housing, and uh, <laughs> I was uh, sitting on the back kind of like cement part right outside the door, and I looked over and there was a black spider, a big black spider, and I thought the spider's going to bite me. And the spider crawled over to my foot, went onto my foot, bit me, and then crawled off. And I walked in, I ran inside and I said, mama, a spider bit me, a spider bit me. And she's like, what are you talking about? But she said, I had uh, what looked like a cigarette burn on top of my foot. And I remember going, lady, a spider bit me. I told you what happened. And I remember that has been the reason I tell that story is because it was an early example of me having a little intuition. I looked at that spider, knew it was going to bite me. That's what happened. And then sharing what happened and having it. It's not like my mom was like, no way or get out of here, girl. She's just like. She just like couldn't really believe a spider bit me. So even when she would tell that story years later, I've still got the scar on my foot. She would say like, yeah, she said a spider bit her and right. So uh, I share that because there was a little bit of intuition there. And then there was me my whole life being so clear that a spider bit me, no matter what anyone else said. And so that is a little bit of how I got to here, right? (laughs) A little bit of how I got to here in that I would go on, and even at that point, I was having a, a lot of trauma or a lot of early trauma in my childhood, a lot of sexual trauma by the people closest to me. Um, I don't know if you wanted me to go into that, but just like a lot of early trauma where what saved my life was two things, an intuition to try to get myself away when I could get away, which wasn't often, I was a child, but a well-honed kind of sense of what was happening around me, and a belief in my own understanding or what happened, right? So like you have this child going through me, going through a really chaotic, very violent, very scary early childhood that was just learning how to resource herself, how to believe herself, how to know her own self. And so, and of course, there's a lot with that and a lot of... um a lot I could share, but I think that that kind of compass feels like yeah. part of what is followed through and part of what's here. When I was five years old, my mother got me into gymnastics, which was another huge part of my life. I became a serious competitive gymnast. And that is with all of the sexual trauma happening around me, that became incredibly important to me coming home to my body in a way, in a regular way, all of the time. 
Um, and so that is a huge part of my practice. It'll be part of the intensive. We're going to dance. We're going to move because there is something about being able to come back to your body that like reorients you to your compass, that reorients you to who you are, a divine being in a body, right? That's like incredibly important. I was raised, as you can tell, I talked about like being in the projects. We didn't have much. Like that's just the truth. I was raised in public housing and then we got a trailer. So I was raised in a trailer park. Like, you know, I think people have ideas about that, but it's just worth saying. Um, and then we moved to an all white environment. So I became a mixed kid in an all white environment. And again, these are circumstances that make you really aware of your environment and the validation comes from inside, right? So like that feels like a drum that I beat on my life. Thank you for the gift of your attention. If there's something here that resonates for you, something that feels true and good, think about a friend that you could share it with. We curate for each other. And that's the only way the good stuff spreads. What you've been through, uh, the only words I have for it are pure devastation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, the term torture um, is, a, is a very important word to use. And, uh, and I know that I can use those words with, with hmm. your permission and mm -hmm. consent, Absolutely. just for anybody listening that's wondering, what did he just do? Um, the, so part of what I'm hearing and what you're saying, and I know you, you, we're just part of the way there, but this is part of what I notice as somebody that focuses a lot on helping people to heal, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. is, uh, is that there's something about the story that we tell ourselves about what happened mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. uh, that either helps us to leverage our way out towards some sense making, some meaning making, mm -hmm. or helps us to to spin all the way into more darkness, mm -hmm. a more replication of the pain and the suffering. And I'm not pretending for a second that we are directly responsible for how that happens, right? I mean, we're talking about children in the end, right? Yeah. Like, what are the but there's something about what you have chosen to do with your story that is uh, with your life, given your story and your and you contending with what you've experienced. That is certainly, since we're talking about luminosity, a light pose, a, a, a lighthouse for me as I as I approach healing work. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm like, well, I know that these miracles are possible. I know that horror can turn into light. I don't only know it from my own life, um, in terms of very, very different experiences, um, but I know it from witnessing you are so close and from witnessing people heal around me. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about it quite a bit. I do think there is something in my very nature 
that um, is inclined toward meaning making, is inclined toward um, personal reflection, is inclined to think about this childhood, which was absolutely what you're describing. It was uh, torturous, and I was tortured in in many ways. Um, and there's a way of like looking toward that that is, oh my gosh, what a life I get to have. That's not happening, <laughs> right? Like, that is like my life right now is like not that. What a miracle. Mm-hmm. Like what a grace. How can I be anything but grateful, right, for like wow. what I get to live? And there's a way of, oh my gosh, that was so horrible, that was so horrible, which is also true, but like kind of somehow allowing that. Hmm. I want to be careful because I don't, I want to avoid cliches. When you are healing from trauma, a common saying that people say is you are not what happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's incredibly important. And probably for a lot of my life, I have been able to say, I am not what happened to me. That is an orientation. I will not be towed under by that current to say that that's what I am, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's an orientation. However, as I do this spiritual work, as I have spent my life and I turned to a therapist, I think at 20 years old and was like, some shit happened to me. I have also turned toward it and said, I am what happened to me. Wow. Wow. And that's amazing. And that's miraculous. And that has nobility and it has dignity and it has all sorts of beautiful survival that is not I'm a survivor. It's actually, yeah, it's just like, it, it's it's like, um, yeah, I just think there is a way that I probably was naturally turns toward it. And then that that kept getting reinforced, right? Like my mother, like got us out of the situation. My mother worked hard as a single parent and, you know, said, you are going to college Tuesday. My mother at 14 said, I don't like my life. I'm going to therapy. You know what I mean? Like, so like they're like, I, you know, my mother said, women are your friends, right? So like there was like, there was like, there were all sorts of good things also happening. But I think the other thing I want to say that I think as we talk about that light and we talk about luminosity, some of us have had a sense of that light in ourselves and have had to dim it, right? For safety or to fit in or because it made us a target. That's right. That That's right. That's it. When the predator is after that That's light, right. whether they're aware of it or not. Exactly. Yeah. And so then we become afraid of our light or afraid of these yeah. different pieces. And so this luminosity is like, and and my own process, right, is like actually owning that light, seeing it as something not only worth being protected, but actually inviolable, right? That is something behind it that is that I can say I am not my trauma and I am my trauma and it makes no difference to the light except that the difference is, you know, how I experience it. 
right? Um, That's so beautiful. You use a phrase Tuesday. Um, I just wanted to call you Tuesday. It is. Um, you use a phrase where, uh, what is the phrase? Something about the wound. Is the portal. The wound is the portal. Yeah. Can can you just say another word about that? Yeah. So I almost named the second module, The Wound is the Portal, right? Uh-huh. Instead, I, I talked about reclaiming the dark and finding our wholeness. But I have a very strong belief that that, which has hurt us, when we turn towards it, when we move through it, it is the portal into our kind of next, deeper, truer, more authentic self that often we become so afraid of our wounds, we stay far away from them, we go around them, we build up all of these different pieces to not have to be with the wound. And my experience is, yeah, that'll get you somewhere. But if we want to kind of become our brightest selves, if and not even our brightest selves, our truest selves, like that, that actually that wound is where it's at, right? And Sally... Uh, my former teacher, Sally Kempton, who passed away last July, she talks about Tantra says that which brings you away from God is that is the way that you will be brought back to God. Mm-hmm. And so if I believe that, then it's my responsibility to actually go into those wounds that would take me away from myself, take me away from God, take me away from other people, that I must look them in the face and move yes. through them. Amen. Amen. I love that. That. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you say that so many times, and as you brought uh, Sally Campton in, it was almost like that grace touched my own heart. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah, the awareness of other things that I that I have struggled with, how uh, continue to struggle with, how uh, uh, the harms that I myself have caused uh, are all leading me uh, if I allow them to, you know, mm-hmm. back back to myself, back to the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, that is an unquestionable an unquestionable fact, certainly in my life. Um, I want to say a couple of words about, uh, well, I started to write the newsletter where I'm hoping to share this, this podcast and video. Uh, and in it, I say, a couple of things that I want to bring in, uh, given that your program is called the Luminosity Intensive. I name that my spiritual master, the most important lesson imparted unto me was that happiness lies within. Mm. And that over time, I have come to pair that lesson with the knowledge, the the trust, the faith, the experience that each and every one of us is self-luminous. And then I always bring up uh, the sun, right? The sun is self-luminous. It is its own source of light. And it generates... Mm -hmm. It is and generates a light that literally every single bit of energy that life upon this sacred earth earth needs comes from that light, right? From this, so the idea that that, that there's this this self luminous source of light inside our broken hearts yeah. because it's 
that's I think, and that's that's the other part, right? And this is why I'm appreciating so much what you said about diving into the dark. The other part that I write in this uh, this is this draft of the newsletter is um, that I believe happiness lies within. Mm-hmm. That I'm a very positive guy, but I do not believe in toxic positivity, right? That I am. Let's look at the world with open eyes. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let's look at life and its terms. Let us contend with the devastating facts of life. Let us truly understand that we are human beings alive yeah. during the sixth great extinction. And so the question that Margaret Wheatley asks is, who do we choose to be yeah. in these times, right? And to me, answer the answer to that question is somewhere in the name of your program, right? It's like in these times, under these conditions that have been, the times are different, but the human conditions have been universal and total through all of time. The facts of loss and suffering, right? Right, that's right. It's just, it's in these times and in the, underneath, under these conditions, we choose not only to move towards the light, but we choose our own luminosity. Right. We take responsibility right. for the light itself. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I, I'm wondering how that, if, if that resonates, uh, given given the name of your program. I love I love it. I love to hear you speak it like that. I love to hear the fervor of your voice. Um, I could not say it better. It is like in seeking the light, in uncovering our own light, in moving anything out of the way between us and our light, right? Like that's what we're doing. And that isn't toxic positivity. Like, cause sometimes that work, moving anything out of the way between us and our light is really hard work. It is grueling. You have been with me when I am in despair, when I am turning towards the worst moments of my life and looking at them in the face and feeling every bit of terror and abandonment and despair and anger and all of the things, right? Like we don't get to our light. It is inviolable. It is there. But it's not, (laughs) I think it's our work of human beings to actually seek it, to go towards it and to find it within ourselves. Like we're not, like we're not, like this is, these are the dichotomies we live in. We seek it outward, which I think is beautiful. I think we must take outward action in the world that seeks to make right and light and we uncover what is inward. And I do think there is some, like, you know, a gift of my upbringing is I don't, I feel like I don't even understand toxic positivity. People say the words to me and I'm just like, I don't, I'm not sure I understand what they're trying to say or what they're pointing at exactly if I'm just perfectly honest. But what I can tell you is there's no moment of my life I don't know where I came from. There's no moment right. of my life I don't know right. that people are being hurt every, every, every day, every moment, every second, right now. There are children right. losing their like that is a re that is just like the ground I'm walking on. Right. And so yeah, I'm gonna seek the light. And it's not, but I, you know, I'm not gonna be afraid of the dark. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. There is a thank you. 
as I as I think about the part of your journey that I've gotten to witness firsthand, not the part that I have learned about over the years um, from us being colleagues, uh, facilitating this intensive fellowship program <laughs> That's right. uh, to us starting to turn towards each other with me um, having uh, more interesting you at first <laughs> uh, to our finally coming together and and ending marriages and and breaking up families in in the process which has been some of the most difficult stuff that mm-hmm. Either of us have had to do. Mm-hmm. It's all been this movement towards coming into integrity That's with right. ourselves. Yeah. And uh, as I've seen you move and walk through that step by step, right? I have this this potent highlights in my consciousness of moments of just kind of grinding out this work of of watching you, um, your dark night of the soul mm-hmm. more than once, of your tears, of your elation, all the way to a relatively recent event when, when all of this program was laid out in mm-hmm. in color-coded cards all over the, <laughs> our living room. Uh, so it's just been the, a beautiful, beautiful process to... To witness all the way to you offering um, the navigating transformation program twice now as, yeah. a, as a kind of primer for this work. What can you tell us about that period of gestation yeah. that takes us to luminosity now? Oh, that's great! Thank you for asking. Um, so it has. I think that period of gestation that you said is really accurate. I have felt for probably two and a half years, like there's something that wants to come. There's something that I need to express, that I need to put in the world. And when I say something, that is all that I knew, something. It's something that needs to come through me, that needs to help me make sense of all of this intense healing I've been doing. Uh, needs me to pull together the lessons from being married for 21 years and deciding to end that and the impact on my children of like seeking myself in that way to launching an organization to being in this relationship, which is so very different from anything I've ever experienced to, I mean, it was just like, all of these threads and streams were coming together in my body and I knew there was a time for them to come out the other side. And I just knew I needed to express. So uh, I, because I love color coding and, uh, and I'm, 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 I'm not unintense when it comes to laying things out and being clear. Um, I spent two days going through old journals and um, and places where I keep my learning, classes that I've taken. And I just laid out like, here's what I'm learning. Here's who I think it's for. Here's what I want to do. Um, 
And it was two full days. And like you said, I ended up on the floor with, po- with postcards. And I was like, I, I, I need to do a cohort for women. And I don't know that I could have been more surprised that that's where these two days landed, but it's where they landed. And so um, in my excitement of, uh, I want to do this cohort for women, it was like, well, you know, maybe I could do not just launch a huge cohort. Maybe I could do a couple of Trojan mice, as you say, and see how I want to bring people together. If anyone's even interested in working in this way. I think we want to dance and uh, do guided imagery together. I think we want to learn content about source. I think we want to, you know, I think these are all these ideas I have, but let me just check. Let me just check and see if anyone wants to come with me for this ride. Um, The first class was 50 women. It was amazing. It was beautiful. I learned so much and the women are amazing. And actually they're still going on like our, our uh, WhatsApp group, like they're still talking all of the time to each other about what they learned and and not even like what they learned from me, but like what they're in from what they learned. So next time I was like, well, 50 is a lot. Let me just cut that in half for the space I want to create, which is intimate and deep and like allow people to have relationships and, and not have people get lost, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're a slow joiner like me, you know, like you can get lost in a group of 50 people. So I did it for 25 women. And again, it was beautiful. And I learned so much. And part of what I learned is that I must be braver with what I'm speaking and giving. I see. That when it it serves less, when I'm trying to be inclusive to the point of ambiguity, or when I um, try to make it somehow the only word that's coming to me is palatable versus kind of just say what I mean. So this is why luminosity, these are part of the lessons. Like we're going to talk about source, but we're going to talk about the divine feminine because that's what I bring. I bring a goddess devotion. And so I, you do not have to have a goddess devotion to be part of the intensive, but you do have to be able to talk around a divine feminine. You do have to be open to the idea. You can think of it as archetypes. You can think of it as stories that are helpful. It doesn't really matter. But what I learned in the Navigating Transformation 2 series, in addition to there being amazing, incredible women who are interested in this and that they will come together into a community if the conditions are set correctly, is that I got to be more courageous about what I'm naming, I got to be more clear, and I got to just go for it. Every time I just went for it, I was received. And so that's what this will be. That is so powerful and exciting. Um, Let's talk for a minute here about, about the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. Or why don't we start before that with why women? So, primarily, because that's who I want to be around right now. That's who I want to be on this journey alongside in a real way. My early life, we didn't, I mean, we talked about my mom saying women are your friends. We didn't talk about my early professional life was in anti-domestic violence and anti-sexual assault work. So I came up and cut my teeth on all women environments. I don't think I've ever had a male boss Wow, what a blessing that is. Wow. So that, so that will shape you. Yeah. 
Right. So then, so then as we did this other work, as you and I worked together, I found all these amazing men. And so it was a surprise to me that like, I'm kind of coming full circle and wanting to be with women again. And part of that is, well, I really like being around women. I like what we bring. But um, part of it is, I think that the divinity that I am devoted to, there's a, there is an essential feminineness to the nature. It is grounded. It is receptive. It is, I'll do the hard thing and then I'll laugh and make dinner afterwards. It is, you know, it's just, there's something about the essence, the creator essence, right? We create from our bodies, right? In a way, not all of us choose to, not all of us can, of course, and I don't want to get caught up in that, but there is something essentially possible when women gather um, that I think is I, like you, if you could see me like, I'm just like, it's like, it's like powerful. And it's like almost like from the earth up to making change. And so I'm interested in that particular energy. I'm interested in that creative energy that is deeply grounded, that is deeply generous, that is deeply uh, felt and somatic and of the spirit. And so I, I, did I, I, did I answer your well, question? You, did, you got it. No, you, you, that, <laughs> this is what I asked. This is what I asked you. When I, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just deeply moved by it. Uh, and I'll share, I want to share some words about how you and I talk about it mm-hmm. between us. Um, but before that, I want to go back to what I was saying earlier about our quote-unquote civilizational context, right? Um, which is, you know, there's a, there's like a self-terminating <laughs> aspect of the model. The model is create, it will, will tend to, ex- to terminate itself. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and I don't, I mean, I am sure if we look at, at history, we will find the pattern, but but for it to be so global, uh, it's it's devastating. And 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 I am of the firm faith and belief and understanding that a turn towards a divine feminine mm-hmm. is at, at the heart of of any possibility of of survival for this particular species. And let's imagine not let's imagine is not even survival for being with mm-hmm. the moment. Right, right. This, this moment, mm-hmm. um, and I want to say, you know, the last podcast episode, uh, right before this one, I I did it with one of the non-binary people that I have that I have sought to build relationship with, and and this person, Sol Gonzalez, has been an an important teacher mm-hmm. yeah. in my life yeah, yeah, over the have, years. Yeah. And um, and so we often talk about where where, where do where does our work fit um, in this world where the gender spectrum mm-hmm. is is being highlighted and more clearly mm-hmm. seen. It's always been there and gender expression is much more fluid and people and, and what the way we've talked about it is awesome. Amazing, that yes. And must happen. And for some of us, right, 
not all of us, for some of us, there is something that we embody or inhabit. There's a way in which you happen to be a person that was assigned female at birth, right? Mm -hmm. That also feels like an like the feminine yeah. archetype is expressed through your being. I happen to be a person that was assigned male at birth that also feels like that, that, that masculine energy is expressed through my being and through my body. Now, too many people, right, are cornered into those expressions. Totally. And that's completely wrong. Absolutely. But it, but it cannot be wrong for those of us that self-identify in this way. Uh, to express in this way. And when we talk about, or when we have offered uh, work for couples, and when we talk about developing further work for couples, we also talk about that, not that it has to be um, embodied in the specific genders, but that we are actually playing with a masculine feminine polarity mm -hmm. uh, that we have found incredibly rewarding mm -hmm. in a in our relationship and, and what what else can we bring to the world but what we know have tasted but, but what we know have tasted and are committed to you know I just wanted to yeah I really yeah look all we can bring is ourselves and 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 bringing that without shame or contraction I just don't know another way to do it is don't know another way to do it. And I would not encourage anyone else to do it in a different way than their fullest selves. And, and however that shows up. And I think a couple of things to say is this, the intensive is for women, navigating transformation was for women. And if at any moment you had gone onto those calls, you would see a wide variety of feminine expression, right? And so it's not, it has to be like one way or one thing. Uh, I, 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 I simply ask that people have some sense of woman inside them. Well, I didn't say what that looked like for them. I just, right. you know, I, I, so there's some, and when we talk about it in the class, we talk about the different energies too, right? Um, rather than gender expression, we're talking about different energies, masculine and feminine energies. And so, and that has been a way for us to navigate. I, I mean, I would, I will ask, you know, the women that we're working, but it doesn't feel like when we talk about the divine feminine, people feel contracted or constrained. It actually feels like a doorway into freedom, right? Sure. So, yes, so that's indeed. what I'm interested in offering it as, not as a yes, no, you, no, you, but I like, hmm, if you feel that you can access woman, womanness inside yourself. Right. Great. Welcome. Here we go. And even if you can't, like, we can hang out and do other things together, right? Mm -hmm. But, and, and again, I just want to say, like, if I, just thinking about the very last class, like, if I look at that screen, our expression of the sacred feminine looks radically different from each That's other. Right. And that is, you know, in, in our tradition, right? Goddess is a diamond with a thousand facets, right? Absolutely. And so like, 
I, I got one and I'm going to shine it as bright as I can. Ashe, you're doing a beautiful, beautiful job of it. Uh, what a wonderful gift it is to speak with you and to hear you share what, what I have seen brewing inside you for, for so long. Uh, feel comfortable taking a minute here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't feel rushed. We're about to close. Mm -hmm. And you know, if we make contact with that same divine that we've been invoking, is there anything that has not yet been said, anything that you would leave us with as we close this episode? You know, I think, thank you for that invitation. I think if folks are still listening, right, thank you for getting to the end of the podcast. And I think I would just invite people to go into themselves and Just, just reflect on what you've been hearing in the last hour and how does it land with you and does it make you inclined towards your own light, <laughs> right? Does it, does, was there something that was like lit up in you? Was there something that was pushed away in what we've it's just It's like, you know, like, like you're your source. And so go inward and see how all this is landing like and trust and trust that inward going right i have to say some of the things i've done that have been the most impactful for me at the first time i had a little bit of like oh no not that right <laughs> and then like it was like oh but it was kind of like a moth to the flame i'd kind of circle it back and i'm not what i'm suggesting is that what we're going to do in the program is we're going to turn you into yourself. I'm never going to try to supplant your inner wisdom. And so like, whether it's about this program or not, like you deserve to go inward today and find out what's happening with you. And so I just think that's the invitation. Go inward, find out what's happening. See if there's something to do from that. Although there may not be, it might just be self-knowledge. Om Namah Shivaya. Thank you so much, my queen, my goddess, the love of my life. I am so proud mm. and uh, so moved. And I cannot wait for this to hit the ears of our listeners. Wow. You're a miracle upon this earth. I love you with all of my heart. Thank you for being you and thank you for changing everything. Signal versus noise. There's so much competing for our attention. And I am so glad that you stayed with us through the end of the podcast. It should mean that you're finding something meaningful here, hopefully something worth sharing. And so I'm asking again that you think of somebody who would be touched by this conversation, who wants to be a part of it some way. It is a decentralized conversation. It is a way in which we're changing ourselves by leaning in towards each other in places like this and in the exchange of these ideas. 
So who's a person or two that will be specially moved by what you've heard here today? Send them a text, an email. Let them know we're here. We're not trying to reach everybody. But we want to reach the right people. We want to keep having this decentralized conversation. We want to keep working on getting right to the edge of the evolution of consciousness and culture to see what we find here together. Thank you again for being a part of this. Liking the podcast helps. Subscribing is definitely a good thing. Feedback is always welcomed. Stay in touch.